Lord, come on, let's clap. It's good to be in God's house. Are you doing all right today? You doing okay? Somebody just say yes. And uh, it's, I'm so grateful for what God continues to do in and through this house. Listen, if you're here for the first time, welcome. We are very glad that you're here with us. And uh, in about five minutes, we'll give you a chance to come up here and introduce yourself. And uh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I should stop doing that. I, every once in a while, then people get sick in the aisles. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we don't do that. We hope that you just enjoy your time with us. Everyone who's joining us online for the first time, welcome. We're glad that you're with us and our family at SCI Chester in partnership with God Behind Bars. Can we show them some love as well, family? Come on. Well, hey, I'm, I'm really excited about this new conversation that we're going to start today, Love in Motion. And, and uh, if I'm really honest with you, it's, it's an area where God's continuing to refine me. And, and I want to be very practical with you as a family. I, every time I, I, I really consider prayerfully about what to bring, what scriptures and what portion of text to preach on, I want it to be very practical. And, and listen, I know we're living in, in unique times, but... Like unique times are when we should lean into the word even more and we should understand how God has commissioned us for such a time as this. Let me just say this before I go any far further. Um, you're not accidentally here. And, and God didn't make a mistake in allowing you to live in this time period, nor did he expect you to hide away when things get difficult. Um, as followers of Jesus Christ, like, and I love what it says in Hebrews, it, it it tells us in Hebrews that those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, we no longer live in fear. That's what Scripture teaches us. So those of us who have been born again, surrendered our lives to Jesus, fear does not control us. Can you say amen? <laughs> and, and that's what we're called to live by. And, and I want us to be equipped today in such a way that enables us to love people even around the, the, well, let's just be honest, you know, sometimes the conversations of um, politics, people voting for politicians um, who you might believe do things completely contrary to the word of God, and you're like, why in the world do they do that? What is wrong with people? In conversations about, about COVID, about wearing masks, about mandates of, uh, regarding vaccinations, and I just want, can we be real today? Is it all right if we talk about these things? And, and, and you know, sometimes when, when conversations like this come up, it's like, well, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> you know, you, you say that about your own family. I can't believe they're thinking like this. What is wrong with them? I, I want to say this. One of our biggest problems, I believe, as believers is we expect people who are far from God to act like people who are walking with God. And when they're not walking with God, we become offended. Well, the only person who has a problem there is you because you're expecting something from someone that they can't walk in because, let's just say this, uh, my view is, is a biblical worldview because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. If you take Jesus out of the equation, then I will view things like they view things. I didn't mean you in that section. I'm just saying like the way other people view things. Um, and, and so what do we ultimately need to give? Some of us, and I love this about us, we have this heart like, oh, I need to talk to them about how to vote. I need to talk to them about this, the mass, and I need to talk about COVID. And, the, and that's great, and that's those conversations. But you're expecting them to see things that only Jesus will enable them to see. And so without Jesus, they'll never see it. They'll just never see it. And so you can turn blue in the face, and then, and then some of us are like, well, they have Jesus. Well, then you just keep praying and keep loving them to a place that they'll begin to see things and walk in freedom. 
One of the telltale signs that someone is, is, is allowing themselves to be led and they're no longer following Jesus is that fear overwhelms them in the decisions they make. Fear overwhelms them. This series is, is exciting for me because I feel like God is teaching me and he's stretching me and he's challenging me in so many ways. And as a church, we, we continue to reach people. And, and that's our heart in seasons like this is when, when everyone else is worried about every other thing in the, in the world, um, our, our, our call, I had someone say to me the other day, they said, hey, pastor, you know, you need to move down to Florida Forget Jersey. You need to move down to Florida. And I said, oh, that sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. I said, but I'm not in Jersey because I chose to be here. I feel with all my heart that I'm on, I'm on assignment from the king. And, and if you, you need to live your life that way, that, that it's not random, it's not accidental. You're not just trying to find a place of safety. Nowhere in the New Testament does it promise you, does the word of God say you will be safe. A matter, a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. Jesus says to the disciples, in this world you will have trouble. You'll be chased, you'll be persecuted. People will, will condemn you for professing who I am. But then he says, take heart. Take heart. Don't live in fear. Don't live in worry. Why? How can we do that? Because I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. And so let's live. I mean, we're from Jersey. We're not going to tell anyone that we don't love this place and it's not the greatest place on the earth, okay? <laughs> but we're on assignment from the king. We're on assignment from the king. If I, now, if I hear one more person try to talk me out of leaving Jersey because of the property taxes, I'm going to stay in Jersey because I believe this is where God has called us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. I don't want to vacate ground. I want to fight spiritual battles for people. I, I, want, to, I want to enlarge the kingdom of heaven. I want to bring heaven to earth. And, and um, listen, Ephesians 4 instructs the leadership of the church. It says that it's our responsibility really to equip the saints, equip you um, for works of ministry so that you can be effective in bringing the light into your home, into your workplace, into the, uh, into the influence that you have um, with the people that are in your world. And, and we attempt to do that in so many ways. We attempt to do that on, in Sunday morning. Um, in, in teaching the word of God and encouraging you, this should not be the main course of your time with Jesus. I know some people um, think that this should be it. It's not. This should be an overflow of your time with Jesus throughout the week in prayer, in devotion. And some of us say, well, I don't understand the word. Well, you're not going to understand if you don't read it. And so just begin by, by doing certain things of memorizing a scripture verse. Maybe once a day, just getting in the t in, in, alone with Jesus. And how else do we disciple and equip through, through a deep, deeper biblical community in, in crews and, and allowing people the opportunity to uh, join team and serve people and to really make a difference in people's lives and to join master class or, or to sign up for the college. And there's so many ways. And, and I'm excited today because um, today I have the privilege to announce to you that our team has, has kind of in the same line of, of helping equip the saints are releasing six new original songs um, starting tomorrow, which is pretty awesome. It's a sound from our house. And... Um, and so starting, uh, yeah, starting tomorrow, the first song will be available, and then a day after, and you'll get another song, and it's going to be on the app. So if you don't have the church app, I want to encourage you to download that. And um, what, I, what excites me about the, about the team is I really feel like they're just scratching the surface of what they've begun to do. And, and I love it. It is a sound from this house, and it is so in line, um, and such a, the songs and the lyrics of the songs are such 
There's just a word in season, and I just really believe it's going to bless you. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to encourage you in this season. So can we just show some love for our entire creative team for all that they do? They do an amazing job. The word love is probably one of the most misunderstood words and ideas that exist today. It's misused. It's mistaught. It's misunderstood. It's taken out of context. It's twisted. It's changed, redefined. Um, Politicians in society will explain to us what love looks like and they'll tell us how we need to love people and, and the target always seems to be moving. But those of us who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, we understand that we don't have the capacity to love apart from him. We love because he first loved us. And so the love that we understand, and that's what this series is about. I want us to have a better understanding of what the biblical context of love looks like and what it does not look like so that we can discern how to better walk with Jesus. Um, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. And Jesus unpacks something quite significant. If you were to go through the entire New Testament and look um, for the word love, you would find it used just in the Gospel of John. It's over nearly 60 times the word love is used. And, and through the Greek, we understand that love is expressed in three different and very distinct ways. Eros, phileo, and uh, agape. And each one has a different expression of love. Agape, probably the most profound, is the sacrificial, unconditional love demonstrated by Christ to humanity. But this is what Jesus says in John chapter 13. I want you to lean into this and listen. Jesus says to the disciples and those around him, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I just want to pause there for a second. Jesus is telling us that I'm giving you something new. Now, some of us might say, is it really a new command? The command itself isn't new, but the standard is changing. The standard is no longer left to you to determine love. Prior, it was love, love one another as you love yourself. But there's a new command now. Because, oh, we, we can struggle even in loving ourselves in a right way. So Christ is like, no, the standard of love no longer comes from you, no longer comes from society. This new command, the standard of love, comes in the way that I demonstrate love towards you. You get that? So he sets the standard of love. He says, so you must love one another. And then this is probably, one to me personally, one of the most significant verses in all the, in all the Bible, especially for today, and I'll explain myself in a moment. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If, everybody say if. If you love one another, if you love one another. Um, being raised in church always gives you um, a different perspective on being involved in biblical community with people. And I love the perception that people have of, of church, church people. It's always like, um, you know, they, they think they're better than everyone else and they have it all together. And I'll be the first to tell you if you're here for the first time, um, we do not have it all together. We are very screwed up people and we are imperfect people. Um, we are broken people, but we serve a perfect God that continues to call us to himself, to heal us, to restore us, to mend us. And we believe that as we pursue Jesus, he refines us into the reflection of himself. And, and, and so we love that about our God. We, we love that he, that he is faithful when 
when we're faithless. And we love that he calls us to not put our hope and our trust in the world, but to put our hope and our trust in him. And, but one of the things that's always been so perplexing to me is, is the way that we choose to be known as Christians. Have you ever been around somebody and they say, well, you know, well, that church and this church, and, and you find Christians throwing stones at one another, saying, well, you don't sing the right songs, or you don't use the right Bible translation, or you don't read from the King James, or, or you don't preach, uh, uh, preach uh, you know, expository preaching, you don't go through the Greek, and you don't go through the Hebrew, or you don't have these biblical communities, and you don't require all of this stuff. And it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me. The reason it's so fascinating is because they've taken it upon themselves to determine how they will be known by men. And Jesus tells us there's one way you'll be known. And it's not through reading a specific Bible translation. It's the way that you love the person sitting next to you, in front of you and behind you. And I know sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. And what I've learned about being, being in church is we always seem to move the target to the thing that, that seems the easiest in our own eyes. Or whatever comes easier to us, then we move the target to that place. <laughs> I love Jesus. He says, no, no, no. The new command I give you is to love one another in the way that I have loved you. That's it. That's the standard. And he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I love that he doesn't say, if you memorize the entire Bible, you know, if you pray for 40, you know, 45 minutes every day, if you read, now, hear me now, the Bible instructs us to have those disciplines in our life. I'm not saying that we should be apathetic or absent in those areas, in those disciplines. But what I'm trying to explain to you is that, that sometimes what is right before us, we just miss it to love one another, to care for one another. As followers of Christ, we are commanded to love God and to love one another. And I share this with, with the church, with you often. I, I, I tell you that when I first started in ministry, one of the greatest challenges, and one, one time I remember having this conversation with my father, Pastor Eric. I remember saying to him that I, I'm, and I could tell, you ever share, like try to have a conversation with someone and just by the first line they get a little bit worried? They're like, hey, can we talk? And no one ever asks you that. And you're like, oh, no, you know, like this is bad. And, and I was like, Dad, I need, I need to talk. And I could tell he's kind of like, oh, no, well, you know what happened? And, and I said, man, I just, I just really don't like people, you know, <laughs> which wouldn't be a problem if I wasn't a pastor, I, I guess. <laughs> but being a pastor, it's like, you know, that's kind of an issue, you know. And, and what I realized was you, you don't have the capacity to strive to love people. Like, I know some of us, are, are, we've convinced ourselves that, like, you really love people. Like, you might be sitting next to your spouse, and you're like, I really love them. And I'm not arguing with you that you love them. I'm just here to tell you that God loves them more than you love them. Like, no. Yeah, no, he has. And he does. And so how do we even attempt to love the way that he does? We lean into him. We run to him. And the only way that you're going to love people who are different from you and who don't see things the way that you see them. Isn't it interesting? We, we need to teach ourselves that, that the love that I give is, is unconditional, that I'm not going to expect you to see the things that I see. I'm not going to expect you to get it. And some of you are like, do you have any idea how frustrating that is? Yes, yes, I do. Hmm. I really do. But to learn that I want to bring Jesus 
before I bring anything else. That should be the first and the foremost. Mark chapter 12, it teaches us. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. This is Jesus and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. There's nothing greater that we can do in our lives besides loving God and loving people. And you can't get them reversed. You can't say, oh, I'm just going to love people, love people. If you're, not, if you're not leaning into the love of God and, and receiving the love that God has towards you, and because this is what we do differently. We're, we're like, oh, God wants us to love people. And we strive to love people to make God happy. It doesn't work. We only have the capacity to love people because he loved us, which this is I mean, I'm, I'm a simple person. If, if, if God, if God, what can I, if God gives, me, gives us something and we, we are recipients of something, the only way I have the capacity to pass it on is if I first receive it. And many of us in church, in a spiritual context, are trying to give something to people that we've never received. And we think that by giving to people and doing things for God, that in some way I'm going to feel better about myself. And you find yourself overwhelmed, frustrated, never seeming to add enough. Now listen, the reason we love other people is because we've already received the love that God has towards us. It is a response of receiving, not a response of hoping to one day receive. And what I love about God is that he's faithful with us even if we don't get it. And he doesn't say, oh, my word, what the heck are you doing? And, and just say, I'm done with you. I'll find somebody else that I can work on. No, he's faithful to us. He's faithful to us. He's committed to us, even when we completely miss it. Over the years, we've adopted a very twisted view of love and what it means to, to love someone. Society today will tell you that love is just a feeling. It's an emotional response. But that's not the biblical concept of love. We view people today will tell you that love is simply being nice. It's the 12th commandment that doesn't exist, but people are more concerned about being nice today as believers than they are obeying the first 10 commandments. Um, being nice and being kind and just condoning people's behavior. That's not love. It's not love. We view love as just being, as simply helping people feel happy. And maybe even as this state of mind. And some, some people today, you know, listen, I know all of us fall on, on, certain, on certain sides of this. And some of us are a lot more grace and some of us are a lot more truth. But in 1 John 14, it says Jesus came full of grace and truth. And so for you to be filled with one and not the other is not the fullness of God. It's absent. It's not right. And so how do we live in a world and actually demonstrate love towards other people um, who, are, who are far from God. And one of the major aspects of love, and this is what I want to draw on and kind of and, and have you leave with this in your mind, is that love requires action. It requires action. It requires movement. If we love God, we move towards him. Think about the things that you, that you quote unquote, love. Have you ever said to someone, I love something and I just find myself running away from it? 
And take, take silly things, take silly things, take, 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 take hobbies or, or restaurants or, or anything. It's like, find something that you're like, man, I'm really passionate about. Maybe you wouldn't put the tag love on it, but you're passionate about it. Well, if you're passionate about it, do you run from it or to it? Do you frequent or, you know, this, this hobby or this, this, this restaurant or do you, do you stay away from it? It's, we understand this very simply. We, we run towards it because we desire it. The same is true with God. And, and, and love is an action. It moves in a direction. It moves in a direction. And so I want some of you to know that. I want some of you to know that. And I, why am I sharing this? Because I think today it's so easy for us to get overwhelmed and frustrated with the people around us and just be like, Oh my word, I need to stay away. Can, can I tell you something? I think we need to change the approach that we have towards people and saying, I'm not going to talk to you to an attempt to change you. I'm going to talk to you in light or in hopes that I just bring a little bit of Jesus into the conversation. That's all. Just a little bit of Jesus. I want to bring a little bit of Jesus every time we meet. And you might be saying things and I'm thinking like, where are they living right now? But that's all right. I'm just going to bring a little bit of Jesus. Can somebody say Amen. Just be that person to committed to movement, committed to action, to love people and meet them where they are. God loves us. And how, 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 do we, how do we know, how does God know if we love him? This is an interesting question. How does God know if we love him? This is, again, another question that we seem to answer ourselves and, and we don't ever go to scripture. And I love talking to people today. They're like, you know, well... <laughs> I've talked, I talked to someone about the issue of, um, um, well, I don't to tell you about the issue. It'll, it'll send me down a, a rabbit trail. But um, I'm very tempted right now. Um, but we we're talking about an issue, and this is what they said. My God would never. Have you ever talked to someone like that? And it's like, well, my God. It's like, hey, tell me about this God. Tell me about this God. Well, my God would never do something that's unkind like that. It's like, I think for many of us, we've fabricated this concept of God apart from him, from his word. And, and we formulated in our minds how we think God would respond, but God says something completely different. Do you know how God says that he knows that we love him? John 14, 15, it's, it's like one of the clearest texts in all the scripture. It, it if you love me, you will obey my commands. You're like looking for the other things and feel so good about, no, no. It's just a church. It's just not there. I wish it had like a little parenthesis after that. And that says, and then Jesus said, but if they say something about your wife or about your children, then you can go after them and you can fight them. You know, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says, you will obey my commands. Why? Because I trust you, God. I trust you. This is the gospel. This is what it's all about. It is a, it, it's love in motion. It's a love in motion. And this is what overwhelms me. And I want, I want you to get it is, you know, when we talk about Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated his love towards us. How does he demonstrate it? And again, we, we're trying to understand what love looks like. He demonstrated his love towards us that while we were still sinners, meaning we've done nothing for God. As a matter of fact, it's not that we've never done nothing for God. We are, we are defiant against who he is. We are living in such a way that is denying his existence, 
We are arrogant, we are selfless, we are selfish rather, and we're doing all of these things, yet God demonstrates his love towards us that while we're still sinners, Christ stayed in heaven. No!
of abuse, whatever it may be, regardless of that, Father, we can place our hope and our trust in you. So, Father.